0: Uh, You know, we're moving into Christmas season, and this December obviously is a little bit different with all the things that are going on. And so I feel like God has called us down this path of looking at uh, the blessings, going back. And so today, I don't necessarily, for some of you, have anything brand new to teach you this morning. I came to remind you of some things. And sometimes we need to be reminded, right? I find that it doesn't matter how long I walk with the Lord. Um, that there are times where God brings me back to a a matter and he wants to teach it to me again. He wants to remind me of it. So for many of you, I'm just going to bring some reminders today as we move into this Christmas season. And then uh, even still, I'm praying for some of you that what I will share will touch your heart in a way that it's never touched you before. Uh, You've had that happen too, right? Where a truth comes and you've seen it and you've heard it preached or taught or whatever. And then one day you're like, oh, oh, I got it. Okay, now I know what to, what to do with that, and so I'm praying that for you as well. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. And as you turn to Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read from the New American Standard, and then I want to go ahead and tell you that in the middle of that, I'm going to switch over to the, the King James Version, okay? Because I, I love the King James Version on one particular verse, and I know we've got some, some lovers of, of the KJV. And, uh, and so I'm going to switch that, but I want to let you know that I'm doing it before I do it, and I'll explain why. So I'm in Luke chapter 2. Are you? I am in verse 8. Are you? All right, let's read. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, and now I'm going to switch over to the The KJV, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Do you see it there on your screen? Listen to this declaration, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. I want to tell you today that the highest form of glory that can be given to God is in the declaration that God sent His Son Jesus to save the world. I want to tell you that the glory of God it doesn't get any higher than that. It stretches from heaven all the way it says to the from earth to the highest heavens. the The glory of God and who is it offered to? All men. Yes, the glory of God, the good news is offered to all men. But I want to bring out a, a difference in Scripture. And I don't want to stay on it too long because I think we can we can get too wrapped up in, in some of these details sometimes. But my New American Standard says this. It says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom He is pleased. So when I look at the difference between that and this, I'm asking myself the question, well now, who who's entitled to the glory of God? Is it, only a select group of people to whom God is pleased, or is it goodwill toward all men? If you were to go back and look at the translations, and again, real quickly, when you're, when people are translating the scriptures into the King James, New American Standard, New Living, NIV, whatever it may be, they're looking at these different manuscripts, and sometimes these different manuscripts will have these slight differences in how they have been translated through the years, and so you bring them all together And you you put them together and and see, okay, what is it that was intended from the Word of God? What did God intend? And, And so there is some difference in that translation. But I will tell you this. I am thoroughly convinced that the good and the glory of God is meant for all men. I believe that all of Scripture testifies. The whole body of work of this says that, yes, God chose some people at some times, and I don't know why he did it. He chose Israel. I think he chose Israel because they were little and nobody was thinking a thing about them. And God said, I can choose who I want to choose, and I can make them great. But if you know the promise to Israel, it was this. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless Israel so that all the world through you might be blessed. I'm here to tell you today the goodness of God is for all people. In fact, if you go back and you look just a little bit earlier in Luke chapter 2, what did those messengers, the angel, what did he say? He said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. And I also want to tell you this, that the goodness of God never diminishes the glory of God. I I, I need you to put that somewhere, okay? I, I need you to put that somewhere. I either need you to keep it in your mind Or I need you to write it down so you won't forget it. And you can go away and you can meditate on it. But the goodness of God never diminishes the glory of God. Look at how nicely they sit together up there. Isn't that beautiful? Glory to God. Why? Because on earth there is peace and there is good will. God's will is good toward all men. I'm going to say it one more time just so you don't forget it. The goodness of God never diminishes the glory of God. Now, there are some extremes. And just as I heard an old farmer say one time, there's two sides of a horse you can fall off on. Right? Would you agree? So when you're trying to ride a horse, there's two sides you can fall off on. And, and when it comes to this thing of the goodness of God, I believe that, that the goodness of God is the it's what we're riding on. It's what we're resting on. But there's two ways that I've seen man fall off. One is on this direction of well, God just has to give me everything that I want. And if I just ask, and if I just believe, then God has to give it to me. I would say you just fell off the horse if you went to that extreme. Because I think most of us know that God doesn't owe us anything, right? Like He doesn't he He doesn't have to do good. He's not He's not mandated to do good because we said something the right way or we just had enough faith. No, God is good because that's his nature. And and we don't we, we don't make God serve us. We don't use God. If you start realizing in your prayers that you are using God, you have fallen off the horse. Because our prayers are not to use God. But then I think we can overcorrect and we'll fall off on the other side of the doggone horse if we're not careful. And that is that we will make the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, sound like. And, and this is how I hear it. I don't know if it's, it's how it's meant because you got to be careful of that. But but there's a presentation of the gospel. That it almost says that if you're not poor and if you're not in trouble and if you're not burdened and if the world's not against you, then you're doing something wrong. Like that Christians are supposed to be, if you're doing it right, you're supposed to be miserable somehow. And that God is supposed to use you. So one is you use God. This version over here is that God's using you. If I was to just look at y'all right now and say there's somebody outside and they'd like to use you. How many of y'all would get up and go out? You didn't hear the, hold on, let me ask it again, okay? Y'all, there's a person outside and they want to use you. How many of you want to get up and go? you got some questions, don't you? How, how, how do they want to use me? I don't, because a lot of times in the world when people use you, it, it, that's not good. And how many times I heard it, I've heard it since I've been a child, I have said it myself, I'm trying to purge my language of it, which says that, well, I just want God to use me. And I know what we mean by that, right? We mean that, that we want God to to do something with this, We want to do something for God. His love and His goodness has transformed us. And we're like, God, is there anything I can do? Can I help? But when the world hears that, I think we have to be careful. Because when people in the world get used, it never turns out good. So I think we just have to be clear that we don't fall off of, of either side of those. And we stay right in the center of this thing that God is good and that God is gives good gifts. In Luke chapter 2, it says peace on earth. One of the good gifts of God is is peace. That doesn't mean that there's not an absence of conflict in our lives. We're smart enough to know that, right? That it doesn't mean there's not going to be any conflict. But the peace of God, boy, it goes deeper than that, doesn't it? It it goes so deep inside of us that the the whole world can be falling apart and yet somehow we're settled into this peace of God. That's a good gift from from God. And just to, to know how important it is for us to keep the goodness of God in our minds, I believe that if we're to truly understand the glory of God, you're going to have to understand the goodness of God. You're going to have to know Him as good. You're going to have to be able to say glory to God in the highest. I give glory to God because his will toward men is good. you got to settle that in your heart. Just like Moses. You remember Moses telling God, he said, God, I want to see your glory. God, I want to see your glory. And God looked at him and said, okay, fine. Then I'm going to let what pass before you? Bible trivia, that was a real question. That's what? When, when, God, when Moses said, I want to hear your, I want to see your glory, God said, I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. And what was he going to let pass by? His goodness. His goodness. Isn't that something? Moses says, I want to see your glory. God says, fine, I'll show you my goodness. Here's what I'm convinced of. When God has an opportunity to introduce himself, he introduces himself as good. An introduction is an important thing. It'll tell you a lot about people, won't it? It'll tell you what's what's important. When you introduce people, you say, hello, my, my name is Kevin, and then you say, I am, right? What do you say? I am a, a mother. Maybe that's the thing that you're like, that's how I want to be known, is that I'm a I'm a mom. I I had a this beautiful uh meeting. Brantley and I went and saw Miss Carol Gerbers and she told us while she was there. She said, "You know what I wanted to be all my life." And we're like, "What?" She said, "I wanted to be a mama." She said, "I wanted to I wanted to raise kids and love them." And so I bet if Miss Carol would introduce herself, she'd say, "Hey, I'm I'm Carol, and I'm a mom of, of two boys that I love very much. I'm a I'm a father. I'm Kevin Taylor. I'm a, I'm a father. My son is Caden." You would say maybe, "Hey, my name is so and so. I'm a CEO of whatever company." And you want people to know maybe your position, what you do for a living, what sport you play. How do you introduce yourself? This is a little bit off track, but I have found there's only one way that I want to introduce myself. I am Kevin Taylor. I'm a child of God. And I am beloved by him. I am the beloved of God. He loves me. That's who I am. You know, I I may, who knows what will happen. You may not always be the, have the chance to be a, a father or a mother or a husband or a wife or the CEO of a business, a big company or a great athlete. But I tell you, there's one thing that you can have that nobody can ever take away from you. It is that you are a child of God and the beloved of God. Yeah. So what does God do when he introduces himself? Every time in Scripture that God has an opportunity to say, hey, I'm God and I am, he says he's good. Do you get that? I told you it was, I, I see. I'm. I want to jump, Kara. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm holding on because I, I want to jump on. <laughs> you got to know he's good. And you got to know that every time God introduces himself, when he has an opportunity to say who he is, he says he's good. He, he demonstrates his, his goodness to us. <laughs> and then that ties us to everything else. So we're getting ready to have Bible trivia right here because some of y'all have been in church a long time. And I need to know if you've gotten anything out of it. God introduces himself to the people of Israel in the wilderness. He starts introducing himself because they didn't know who he was. So he had to tell them who he was. He had to say, I am. Oh, that's good, isn't it? I am. That's his name. I am. He had to tell them who he was. And he tells them who he is through these Jehovah names of God. Do you know what I'm talking about? If not, you ought to go through scripture. You ought to search them out. These Jehovah names of God. He says, I am Jehovah, and then you fill in the blank. Some of you already know some. He says, I am God, and then he introduces himself as God of something. So here we go. I wrote some down. I want to see how you do. He said, I am Jehovah Jireh. What is that? Provider. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha, healer. I am, oh, this is maybe a little cheeky. I am Jehovah Nisi. Ah, yes, the God that goes before us. I don't even know who's doing that in the back, but man, you good. Oh, that must be Kim. Kim, you don't been to church. I am Jehovah Rohi. Uh-oh. Jehovah Rohi. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Shepherd, I am your shepherd. I am Jehovah Shalom. Last one. Peace. Yeah. Now you did something, and I don't know if you did it or not, but I think we ought to be careful of it. I said Jehovah Rapha, and you said healer. But that's not how the Jews would have said it. They don't say it like that. They don't say God healer. They say, God, our healer. You got you to gotta have that word in there. Because it doesn't matter if God heals. It matters if he heals us. You see, Israel knew that they had a special place in God's heart. That God could be a healer because, see, all gods could heal you. All the, the pantheon gods, all the pagan gods. They all healed you. If you could slay one of your kids, you might could get healed. Or if you gave enough corn or something, then you you might could get healed. You could convince the God to do it. But when Israel says those names, they're like, this is who God is to us. He is ours. He's our God. How? Not because they claimed him. He claimed them. So look at this. Jehovah Jireh. God says, I am your provider. It's not just that he's a provider. you got to know him as your provider. That God is Jehovah Rapha. He's not just some cosmic healer. He's your healer. That he's Jehovah Nisi. That he's your banner. He goes before you. And scripture says that his banner over you is love. Wow. He says, I am Jehovah Rohi. That means he's our shepherd. That means when you can't figure out what's going on, the Lord is your shepherd. And He will lead you, guide you, and give you rest. And He is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. Do you see that when God was introducing Himself, that every one of those is good? And I've heard people say, well, well, you don't need to focus so much on the goodness of God, Kevin. You, you shouldn't focus so much on the, the love of God and the kindness of God because you elevate man too high and you put God too low. You're you're elevating man's desires to be healed and man's desires to be provided for and man's desire for direction. You're elevating man too much. And I would say, no, it is the goodness of God that elevates God to his highest glory. It is the goodness of God that elevates him to his highest glory. I've heard some people, and this may work for you. They say, I have to know first, don't tell me that God is good. First, tell me that God is faithful because I need to know that he won't stop being good. That may work for you. But I got to tell you, wrapped up in goodness is just about everything Kevin needs. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you, know, if you tell me that God is good, and once I am convinced of his goodness, then I know he's faithful. Because in order to be good, you got to be faithful. You, you can't be good some of the time, and me see you as good. I'm like, they're good. Sometimes. But when you know God, you know, know He's good all the time. And and is he, is he righteous? Yes, He's right. But I tell you what, if I know He's good, I know He's going to do the right thing. And I know that right is found in Him. So just for me, I'm telling you, when I am thoroughly convinced of His goodness, I have everything else that I need. And it puts everything in place. In fact, I thought about this. I know some people that are faithful, don't you? Like, I know some people who are faithful, like you can depend on them to be unreliable. You know some? I mean, they're faithful. Like, I am thoroughly convinced that if I need you, you won't be there. (laughs) There are some people who, who are faithfully inconsistent. What do you mean by that? You can't count on them. But but God is faithful. In what way? That he's always good. That I can trust him. That he's always going to do the right thing. He's always looking out for our good. Why does that elevate God above us? Because I don't know of anybody else who selflessly looks out for everyone else. That was good. Every other God that was talked about before Jehovah God looked out for himself. Every other God since then has looked out for themselves. We try to make ourselves into gods and we look out for ourselves. But I tell you, there's a God and he's high and lifted up and he's above all powers and principalities. And how did he get that way? Because he is like no other, he is good. And he is the only one I know that looks out for himself. That Savior, I mean, that looks out for others. That Savior who is coming to the world is going to die. Why? For the sins of the world. He is going to give himself. God is good. Hmm. So how are you going to respond to his goodness? Now that I've talked to you about God, all the words of God carry with them their own invitation. Every time the word is spoken, it carries an invitation that says, what are you going to do with this truth? So what are you going to do with it? I I want to draw your attention back to Luke chapters 1 and 2 because there's two characters in there that I think you ought to know about, and they respond very differently. One is Zacharias. You ever heard of him? Zacharias has a wife named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is barren. Zacharias is a priest, and the angel comes to Zacharias, and he says, your wife Elizabeth, even though she is up in age, she is going to bear a child. His name is going to be known as John. He is going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ, and he's going to turn many hearts back to God. That's quite the blessing, isn't it? That I mean, that's good news that you're... Your wife, you are going to be chosen to bear this, this child. And what does Zechariah do in response? Listen to what it, it says. He says in verse chapter 1, verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is for certain? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And if you know that question, how will I know this for certain? You see that up there? That's one way that we can respond to the truth of God's goodness. We can say, can I really be sure that God's good? Can I I be certain that in this situation that he's going to be good? You can just picture Zachariah going, I'm old, Elizabeth's old, we're too old to be having kids. How can I be certain that this thing's going to happen? I got on Facebook early this morning, and there's a pastor. I got to find him. I want to listen to his message. His message this morning was this, hush, Zechariah, you talk too much. I love that. I got to find that message this afternoon and, and go look. I think it's going to be a good message. I really do. What did the angel have to do to Zachariah? He said, Zachariah, hush, you're going to have to be silent now until John's born. Why? Because you might mess this thing up. Because you don't know the goodness of God. You're still not sure if God can do this thing or not. So you got to (laughs) hush. So God can can do what he wants to do. And then Mary. An angel comes to Mary. Angels were busy in Luke. Angels come to Mary and they tell her that she is a a virgin, never been with a man, not Mary, that she is going to bear the the Christ child. She's going to call his name Jesus. And he's going to save the world from... Their sins. And she has some questions too. In verse 34, she says, How can this be since I am but a virgin? And so I asked myself, I said, They both have questions. I think the difference is this. Zachariah says, I need some more proof to know that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Any of you ever been like Zachariah? You looked at the Word of God and you read it and you looked at your circumstances. And you say, God, I'm just going to need some more proof. Your word's not good enough for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, your, your word's not good enough. I, I need something else. Always needing something else to try to confirm who God is. Hadn't settled it yet inside that God is good. Here is this little woman. She's just a kid. She's just a little girl. I'm 45 years old. It's amazing how many people I look at now. I look at 20-year-olds, and I'm going, they're just a kid. Just a kid. When I was 20, I thought I, uh, at least I thought I was an adult. I, I had everything. Now I look at the 20-year-old. I go, just a kid, just a little puppy, just a puppy, you know. And and so you look at this, and she's just a little girl, and she has questions, but her questions don't supersede what she says to the angel. In verse 38, she says this: "Behold." The bondservant of the Lord. She says, I'm a servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Oh, that's so good. Did you hear that? This little girl looks at this angel and she says, I don't know how in the world you're going to do that because I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm a servant of the Lord. May it be done. May it be done. Sometimes we got to look at the word of God and say, Lord, let it be done. I don't know how you're going to do it. I I can't figure it out in my own mind. (laughs) But let it be done. In fact, even like Mary, she said, let it be done to me. If you want me to carry the Son of God, I don't even know how you'll do it. But here I am. Here I am, use me. A couple quick points. Zacharias is a priest. Do you get that? He's a priest. What does that mean to you? When you think about that, in being a priest, he knows the Word of God better than most everybody else around him. Think about that for a moment. Zechariah is a priest. He knows the Word of God more than most everyone around him. He has more religious training and experience than anyone around him. Scripture in chapter 1 says that he and Elizabeth were righteous. It says in verse 6, they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and the requirements of the Lord. So morally, Zacharias is on point. What does that mean for us? Can I tell you that knowledge of the Word of God doesn't necessarily mean that the goodness of God will penetrate your heart? It it doesn't mean that when you hear God ask you to do something, that you will surrender yourself to the Lord and say, I trust you, you're good. I don't know how it's going to work out, but if you want me to do it, I'll do it. You know, here is a person, he is religious, he knows the Word better than anybody. So be careful in thinking that if you just know more of the Word, you're going to be better off. You might not be. (laughs) Okay, that's not to tell you to stop studying the Word of God but it's to tell you that if all you know is the word of God and you don't know the goodness of God, you might not be ready to do the will of God. I can't. (laughs) We'll just all have to go back and listen. I don't think I can do it again. (laughs) That just like dropped in. Sometimes the Lord just drops some stuff in. It doesn't mean that just because you're morally faithful to the Word of God and you can look at God and say, God, I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss, I don't run around on my spouse. It doesn't mean that the goodness of God has penetrated your hearts, And it doesn't mean that you'll make yourself available to God when He calls on you. But then there's this little girl, and, and, and we don't know anything about her. And she's too young to be the smartest person religiously. She's too young to have the greatest experience. And yet she just makes herself available and says, I'm a servant of the Lord. How do you make yourself a servant of the Lord unless you say, I offer myself because you're good, God. And because I trust you. And because I know that if I put my life into your hands, it's going to be okay. I might not be able to figure it out. And then there's this third group that we got to talk about before we leave. It's the shepherds. Because in those days, the shepherds were not the wealthy people that they were back in the Old Testament. They've lost position now. They're they're sort of just working class folk. And so, isn't it funny that the angels come to the working class folk? Just sort of the ordinary. I'm glad God comes to the ordinary people. (laughs) I'm glad he doesn't just come to the Zacharias, the priests, the religious, the people that's got all their stuff together, Then he comes to some old shepherds out, in the, out there keeping sheep, and the angels come to them, and he tells them that the Son's going to be born, and it says, we got good news. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. There's goodwill, and it's for all men. God is sending a Savior, and he's going to redeem the world. What do you think those shepherds did? Well, if you read the Scripture, it says in verse 15, let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that God, and let us see this thing that has happened. Did you get that? Every word in Scripture is important. Do you see that? They didn't say, let's go see if this thing has happened. Y'all looking in your Bibles now, that's good. I like when I can make y'all look in your Bible. Look at it. The shepherds didn't say, let us go straight away and see if this thing has happened. They said, Let us go straightway and see this thing that has happened. Oh, that we would have this attitude that when God says something, we start looking because we believe that it's already happened. Yeah. Yeah. That the goodness of God so consumes us that we say, We got to go see because if God said it, it's happened. I want to go see it. And what do they do? They go and it says, that they made known the statements which had been told to them about this child. They're telling Mary all these things. And it says, Mary treasured it in her heart. Y'all don't miss, miss this. Even though as, as churches, we're not able to gather like we should. And oftentimes we would have an invitation at the end. And people who are struggling, needing to know how to apply the word of God to their life, they would come down and, and we would pray for them. And we don't necessarily have those opportunities. But can I tell you that this is a season where you got to go be a shepherd? Yeah. This is a season where they're not all coming to me; they they can't get to me. In fact, I can't even get to them. <laughs> I, I can't get in the hospitals anymore. Can't get in the nursing home. Can't get into people's houses like I used to could. You know what that means? We got to be shepherds. Yeah. It means we got to go take some good news. They went to Mary and they told her all the things that the angels had said to her. Why? Because even though we are headed out, just like Mary, to do the will of God, and we believe that he's going to do it, and we make ourselves available, there are days we wake up and we go, I don't know how he's going to do it. I still don't know how he's going to do it. And, and you're wondering, and, and sometimes those doubts come in, but you're still moving. <laughs> you're still moving to God, but you're like, I don't know how it's going to happen. And so there are times where God sends people. He sends shepherds to us, messengers. And they encourage us. And they say, you know what? That word that you read, that assignment that God gave you, you stay at it. You stay at it because God's going to do it. Mary, you just keep believing because God's going to do it in that son of yours. He's going to do it. They encouraged her. It says she pondered those things in her heart. I imagine it stirred up hope inside of her that one more time she's like, yes, I think you can do it. Some of us are moving in the direction of God, but we, our hope is, is on the rocks, right? And you need to be reminded God's going to do it because he's good. And he'll, he's going to do everything he said he was going to do. He's going to do it all. You just keep You just keep faith. You just keep hope. And then sometimes it, it confirms for us. Sometimes we, we start thinking, oh, you know, I, I, I'm sure I heard him say it. And then somebody comes to you and they confirm it. Any of you ever had that happen? <laughs> Isn't it amazing that God is good enough that he, he's so good that he says, not only will I tell you, but I'm going to tell a shepherd, some shepherds. And they're going to come to you and they're going to confirm the word that's in you because I know you need a little confirmation. That's a good God. That's a good God. And so I think that there are times that just like Mary, we need some shepherds, and I pray that God will send them to you. I want to I be a shepherd any time I can in your life. If you get to struggling and you start doubting the word, I want you to call me. I want to be a shepherd that can encourage you and say, God's going to do it. I want to build you up so that your hope is steadfast and say, trust me, it's going to do it. I, I want to confirm some things if I'm able to, to say, you know what, I see that exact thing in your life. Yeah, I believe God's going to do it. I want to to be that shepherd. But Ember, I got to tell you, those of you who are watching online, our Embers online, I can't do it alone. I can't go. I can't get to everybody. So I want to know if instead of there being just one under shepherd, if they can be a bunch. (laughs) If I can trust that I can send you all out to be shepherds, to to go and encourage. (laughs) So here is our invitation today. God is good, and you got to know that. you got to settle that before you can settle most anything else in your life. You're going to have to settle if God is good. <laughs> that way, when you read the Word of God, <laughs> I'll know what your response is going to be. When you know that God is good and you read something in Scripture, even when it's difficult, you'll say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll do it because I know you're good. I don't even know how you do it, but you're going to do it. Hmm. When you settle that God is good, when the Holy Spirit stirs your heart, and I know some of y'all, have, your hearts have been stirred, and you felt like the Holy Spirit leading you to do something, and you, do, you go through that whole cycle. Is that God? Is that me? Is that Satan? Who Who is that? And, and sometimes you talk yourself out of it, right? Because you go, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't know if I'll do a good job. I don't know if I've heard God, or not. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to mess somebody up. And then sometimes, let's be honest, we just selfish. We're we like, I don't want to look like a fool. Let's just be honest. You're like, I don't want to tell them because I don't want to be wrong and look stupid. Yeah. Can I tell you that that God is good enough that that even if you look stupid before man, one day you're going to look good before heaven. <laughs> you may look like an absolute fool before man. But you get to heaven and God puts his arms around us and says, well done, well done. Look at this one. Look at this one right here. They knew that I was good and and they just submitted their hearts to me and they said, yes, Lord, I don't understand it, but I'll do it. And then there are times where we need to be encouraged. We need hope. We need confirmation. But let me tell you this. There's a lot of people that are sitting around constantly waiting for that. And I'll tell you that if you want to get it where it's good, <laughs> anybody want to get in where it's good? Like you really want to be in the sweet spot of things where God is and God is moving? Rather than wait for somebody to call you, call somebody. You, you want to get in where it's good? Don't wait for somebody to encourage you. You go encourage somebody. Don't sit around and go, I can't believe nobody's called me. Can't believe nobody's encouraged me. I don't even know why I go to church. Maybe it's because you're out of place, child. Because you're sitting around waiting for everybody to come and be a shepherd to you. And God says it's long time past since you need to be a shepherd. Since you need to be calling and encouraging and offering hope and confirming some things yourself. Yeah, for some of us, we got to grow up today. That's the only word I got for you. You just got to grow up, you got to put your big boy britches on. You, you might feel like a little virgin girl like Mary, but it's time. You need to rise up, child, and you need to be a shepherd. And we need to go into all the world and declare the glory of God found in the goodwill of God to all men. Y'all stand up. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you today that you absolutely transformed my life when I found your goodness. <laughs> it, it was all around me, and somehow I managed to to think that goodness was coming from other people and didn't realize that you were sending them all the time. God, that when people were helping me, that it was because you were sending them. When when things were happening, when bad things were turning and working for my good, sometimes I thought it was myself, that I was smart and clever and and, and strong and and. Most of the time, that wasn't the case at all. God, it was that you were just being good. And so, God, one, I want to just declare your goodness to the highest heavens. <laughs> I, I, I want to pray for us at at Ember and those who are watching that that that's what it means to be a child of God. That we declare your goodness to the highest of heavens, but also we declare your goodness to ordinary folks that might be struggling. And so, if there's anybody. Who is struggling today. God I pray that your goodness. Surrounds them. And it changes. Them from the inside out. Lord I, I thank you that even though we're going through a COVID season. I pray as Christians. That we've not lost sight of your goodness. I pray this this whole thing hasn't caused us to doubt your goodness. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be some that would come out just like Mary and say, I don't know how you're going to do it, but, God, you're going to even work COVID for our good. Yeah, exactly. God, we've lost some people, but, Lord, that some of those same people have stepped into eternity. So how can we be mad <laughs> when, when they're in your presence? God, I believe that you're even going to work this season of COVID for our good, but we got to have some people who are waiting and who are watching and who are expecting good. God, help us to be those people. We don't want to be sitting around unaware and miss when you actually do take this thing and work it for our good. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. God, help us see it. Help us see what you're doing. Help us pray into it so we're ready. And then, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I send everyone who's heard this message out as a shepherd, as part of a group of shepherds that are willing to go out and encourage and strengthen the faint-hearted, that are willing to go out and give hope to the hopeless, who are willing to go out and and see something that's in your word and and not to confirm crazy, stupid stuff not from you, but that your word would be a a light and a lamp and there's plenty for us to look in there and to confirm and say, yeah, that's good, That's, that's exactly what God intends. And so God, help us to do that. And Lord, as I begin, I'll end. Lord, we are people who are highly blessed and highly favored. But the thing we love most is not the blessing or the favor. The thing we love most, Lord, is you. (laughs) Because there is no goodness apart from you. There is no blessing apart from you. And so, God, the most important thing in our life is you. And we praise you. And we say thank you. And we say glory to God. In the highest. Amen.